the question is, how do you answer a seven-year-old who asks, how did we, the parents, make him? And welcome back to another episode of Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul, and I sit in a car answering a question to help you raise a confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. I love questions like this. I can't help it, but I think it's really fun. It just sort of shows that our kid is really sort of like going, how did this happen? The miracle of life. What's going on? Why am I on this planet? right? So a seven-year-old asks the question. Seven-year-olds, they are well up for all the information. Uh, so you really need to decide what you're willing to share. How did you conceive your kid? Was it through some sort of intercourse? Was it artificial insemination? Was it IVF? Um, all those, the answers to those questions will depend on what you say to him. But a seven-year-old can absolutely take in the information that there are sperms and eggs and every person in the world is made up of a sperm and an egg and every person in the world has had to grow in a uterus and how the sperm and egg get together can be different. I mean, some people do need to also talk about donor sperm and donor eggs and those sort of um, conversations. Oftentimes, if you have had assisted reproduction like that, then you are linked into an organization that can help you have those specific conversations with your children. But um, let's just talk about the basics here. How comfortable do you feel talking about having intercourse with the person you had intercourse to make this you human. Maybe you're not with that person anymore. Maybe you were never really with that person. Maybe you're still committed to that person and they live in the same house. You know, it's it's all like the, the diversity and variety of the human experience is truly mind-boggling and wonderful. But you first of all need to think to yourself, what information am, am I willing to give my kid? So, when you um, have worked that out, then it's a good idea also to, to describe to your kid that for some adults, they find it awkward to talk about this thing and then explain why they found it awkward. And oftentimes that reason can be because they weren't shown how to just talk about sex and relationships and babies and bodies and sperms and eggs and uteruses and all the things. We weren't modeled to talk about that in a calm, confident sort of gentle, everyday sort of way. And so um, while your kid wants to find out how they were created or how they were made, you also can then spend some time talking about how when you were a young person, people didn't talk about this sort of thing. And you can also say you love the fact they asked the question because it shows that they're interested, they've got a scientist brain, and that the fact that they asked the question of you means that you now have a chance to practice talking about these things because you didn't have that chance to do it when you were their age. So you're telling them stories. You're not just talking about um, how they were conceived. You're also talking about the world in which they were conceived. And you're talking about how people have different comfort levels about talking about this sort of thing. And you can describe what your comfort levels are. Just one more story before I go. I remember reading a bedtime story, I think it was to my eight-year-old, and we were reading away, and he said to me, um, Mom, what's oral sex? And I'm a sex educator, so I said, oh yeah, well, oral sex is when um, people like the feeling of putting their mouth on someone else's genitals. 
and um, and usually that feels nice for the person whose genitals is, is having that feeling. And he goes, right, okay, um, have you ever done that? And I'm like, yes, I have. And he says, how many times? And this is where I realized that I didn't want to answer that question. I didn't want to tell him how many times. I didn't mind telling him that I'd done it. I didn't mind telling him what it, oral sex was, but I didn't want to tell him how many times I'd done it. So I just said to him, do you know what? Some things are private and I don't want to tell you that. And he said, why not? I, why not? I said, because, you know, we don't have to tell everyone everything in the world, right? So that's a story to show you an example of having a boundary, you're having a feeling of, yes, I'm happy to answer this part of the question, but I'm not happy to answer this part of the question. All right. So have a think about what your boundaries are, what you feel personally most comfortable with, and take those into account when you're answering questions that your kids might ask you. And the final thing to say is just because you don't want to answer a part of the question at one point doesn't mean in a few weeks time or a few months time or a few years time, that you feel the same. You might feel different. You might feel able to say that particular part of the conception story of your child. And I would encourage you then that when you do notice that you can say that part, that you go back, that you revisit it and you say the conversation again. You start it again with your kid. You say, when you were seven, you asked me this question. Well, I've got more information for you and here it is. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise a confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.